Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the word. Hallelujah. Well, um, we're going to get right into this message. I started it last week. We've been talking about how to hear from God and when God speaks has been what we've been talking about, the different ways that God speaks to us. And, uh, and so I started talking about dreams and visions. I've never really preached or taught on this, um, but I, I started to do it last week. And uh, so if you got your Bibles, go over to Job 33. That was the scripture we read and really didn't get to. We had a, a moving of the Holy Spirit, which was always, you know, uh, welcome. Let me just say this. I don't, I don't know if everybody realizes what happened last week. <laughs> I went to a couple of life groups this week and was talking with uh, some of our guys, and it's just, uh, again, just so awesome what God is doing in people's lives and just heard it. But some folks thought that last Sunday we asked Pastor Joe Sazik to be here, and this thing was time. Let me tell you what happened, okay? That's not what happened. <laughs> so uh, last Sunday, Mary Bach shared her testimony, God healed her of Lyme's disease, amen? And, and so, yeah, give God glory for that. So her, her doctor uh, is a believer and actually been two and a half years dealing with Lyme disease and told her there was a prayer revival at Port Huron Assembly of God and a girl got healed of Lyme disease there. And so she went. How many think that's awesome when your doctor tells you about prayer? So Mary went and uh, it's about two hours away. I'm, pastor Joe Sazek has been there. He's a friend of our family. He used to pastor in Ann Arbor. Many of you know him. Uh, I haven't personally talked to him except for at dis district functions, high and by in the hallway. We haven't talked in probably two years, okay? But I know him. I know his family and everything. Uh, so Mary went there and got prayer, uh, and, and the Lord healed her. And so um, last Sunday, before service, I saw Mary up at prayer and saw her, and I said, hey, uh, I'm thinking about sharing your testimony today. Uh, should we wait until you get the blood, you know, confirmation back, but the doctors have already tested you? And she's like, you know, Pastor, share that testimony. Uh, I feel great. If you just want to read it, you can read it, you know. And I said, okay, I'll let you know if I even do it. I'm going to wait and see what the Lord does during worship. Had no, Mary had no idea, nothing. And during worship, I heard the Lord say, why not? Why not share it? So I said, okay, I'm going to get up, and I'm going to share this testimony. I got up, and I'm talking, and I brought Mary up. I looked out, and Joe Sazek is standing right there in the church. Now, he's on sabbatical. He hasn't even been in his church in a month. He's been on a sabbatical. He just randomly chose to come to River of Life two hours away on that Sunday. He hasn't been here. He's heard about what God has done with our building and the church, and he just wanted to pop in here. It's that same Sunday he pops in that I'm reading a testimony of someone being healed in his church. Come on, give God some. I looked up, and I saw him. You can't miss him. He's real tall, and the light was like, the light was like shining on him. Oh, and Pastor Steve said, hey, he, Joe is here. And I looked, and he's waving. He was so blessed and so encouraged that when you're on, you know, on, even on sabbatical, God has done, did a miracle like that. And so that's what happened last week. And so uh, I said, man, God, you know, you can't make this up. And so I felt led of the Lord, and the altar's filled, and you came up. And listen, that was a, that was a God thing. 
And if you got prayer, listen, hold on to your miracle. Hold on to your prayer and watch God work in your life. That, that was a supernatural act of God. God didn't have to do all of that, you know, but he did. He chose to do that. When God moves, and we're talking about God speaking, by the way, God speaks in mysterious ways. As I say, he speaks in many different ways. And we have got to be able to be sensitive enough, and that's our problem, is to hear God's voice. He that has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says. We've got to be able to be in tune with the Holy Spirit, and that's our problem. We're not in tune with what the Holy Spirit is saying. We're not in tune with what God is doing. We get too busy, life happens, whatever. And so we've been spending some time in this series of talking about slowing down and listening to what God says. And so um, I looked at the, one of the ways he speaks is in dreams and visions and in Job 33. We don't have to stand, but it's right there in chapter 33. Let's read it again. It says in verse 14, For God may speak in one way, or in another, yet man does not perceive it. In a dream or in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men, while slumbering on their beds, then he opens the ears of men and he seals their instruction in order to turn man from his deed. That is so good right there. That's the main point that I want to just drive down today. And conceal pride from man. He keeps back his soul from the pit and his life from perishing by the sword. Lord, just thank you for your word and for speaking to our hearts today. God, you've got a plan and a purpose for everybody here, everybody watching online. And it is your will, Father, that we walk, Lord, in your, in your blessing and walk in step with the Holy Spirit and to know you. Father, bless the meditation of my hearts and the words of my mouth. May they be pleasing unto you, God, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So the New Testament just starts out with dreams and visions. If you read there from the whole Bible, cover to cover, but the New Testament just begins with the birth of Christ. Dreams and visions. And then over in the book of Acts, we're told that dreams and visions will increase in the last days. And we talked about that last week. And I set a lot of groundwork with dreams and visions because, you know, we, it's easy to kind of get off into our dreams and visions. And I, I told you last week, we are never told to make a major decision based upon a dream or a vision. We're told that dreams and visions are not meant to replace our relationship and devotion to God. Some dreams are not even from God. And so we're, we're not even given uh, a... a uh, systematic formula in scripture how to decipher dreams but we are given a lot of scriptures and and examples that we can look into and i'm not going to get into symbolisms and i'm going to leave that for somebody else and you to pray but i will tell you this very important write it down and daniel it says that the interpretation of dreams belongs to the lord and so if you ever have a dream or a vision that you feel like God is speaking to you, the interpretation belongs to the Lord. Even when Daniel would interpret a dream, he would pray and he would say, it's not in me, but it's in God. And so I encourage you just to seek God for that. But the whole New Testament tells us in Acts 2, it says, in the last days I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your men and your sons and daughters will prophesy. It will dream dreams and see visions. So dreams and visions is supposed to be a part of a way that God communicates. It's a part of the, I believe, a gift of the Holy Spirit. 
Many of you have, have been used and are used in dreams and uh, are used in visions where God will show you in prayer, you know, pictures and, and images or people. How many ever been in prayer and then all of a sudden people's faces come up before you and out of nowhere or you'll be praying and something, God will show you uh, a sign or something and, and that is to give you a hint of what God is wanting to do and what he's wanting to do in your life. So you pray about that, and, but it's a part of our life and I showed you last week how John 16 how the Holy Spirit always confirms the written word of God and in all of that and what God wants us to do and so the whole New Testament even the New Testament ends in the book of Revelation with just tons of of um, visions of what God is doing and I believe that God still speaks to his people through dreams and visions I still believe in the prophetic I believe the prophetic need is a, is a very significant part of the end-time church. You and I should be walking in the gifts of the Spirit, in the manifestation of the presence of God, in our workplace, in your job, in your school. Uh, but you still got to study, young people. God ain't going to give you a cheat sheet. Come on, somebody. But we are people that are, are spiritual people. We should be the ones that are leading. We should be the ones... Uh, that are being able to hear from God to solve um, complicated issues. The Bible talks about that even in the Old Testament. Spirit of God came upon carpenters, and God said, I put my spirit upon these iron workers and metal workers and carpenters so they can do and perfect their jobs even better so that their skill level would be enhanced and increased because of my spirit. We need the Holy Spirit not to be better than other people, but to be better than ourselves. Come on, somebody. We need the Holy Spirit. He elevates everything in our game. That's why we shouldn't be walking around defeated, and, and I'm just an old sinner, and I, I can't do this, and I'm that. No, no, we are God's people who are more than overcomers, the Scripture says, that are more than overcomers. Amen. Hallelujah. So here, let me just stick to this text today because I can go all over the place. And I, I have been using dreams. I have not been using visions. I, I would love for God to speak to me in a vision or something, but uh, I don't. I've never really seen a vision. I have been dreaming since I was a kid. And I, I noticed that the visions and dreams do accompany our prayer life. I, be, I noticed the times in my life where I'm not spending uh, intense moments or a long times in prayer, my dreams and, and things are not that uh, often. But when I'm in prayer, a season of prayer like we've been this whole year, every week almost, it's been these dreams I've been having of the church, of our uh, different things, things with the township, just different things, little, big, because it accompanies our prayer. It's not to replace our prayer, but it's to accompany our prayer. Uh, but Job 33, let's get into it here. Just a couple of things. Um, and man, I got some other things on my heart I want to share and just bring it out. And it's going to tie it in together. Help me, Lord Jesus. Job 33, 16, the very first thing he says is that he dreams and visions. He opens the ears of men and he seals their instruction in order to turn man from his deeds. That, that is so if you want to make a headline of what the gifts of the Spirit, dreams, visions, anything you think is from God, it would be right here in this verse. That God, and I wrote it down, you can take notes, that God uses dreams and visions to bring us closer to Him and His purposes. Everything we get from God, a dream, a vision, a prophetic word, it's to turn us 
away from sin and to turn us closer to God. If you have a dream or a vision or anything that that promotes a lifestyle that goes against the written word of God, it's a false dream. It's not to be taken. We need to throw it out. That's not God speaking to us. That's just an idea that we may have. It doesn't line up with the word of God. This is God's heartbeat. He's always calling us to draw closer to him. He's always drawing us to, to, to move away from sin and those things that harm us, those things that will uh, come between us and God, and that is sin. In Genesis 20, I wrote it down, uh, the story of Abimelech, where God gives Abimelech a dream. He is taken Abraham's wife, and of course, Abraham wasn't very honest. He said his wife was his sister, which technically he wasn't lying because Sarah was his half-sister. Don't ask. A gene pool was a little different in the Old Testament. Hallelujah. Uh, and so she was not blood, but she was of the family, but he was afraid that Abimelech, King Abimelech, would take his wife. And so he lied, because Sarah was a beautiful woman, the Bible says. And so when they asked who this woman was, he said, it's my sister. So Abimelech said, well, if this is your sister, I want her as one of my wives. And he took her. And the Bible says in Genesis 20 that God gave him a dream and warned him and said in these exact words, and kept him from sinning. Dreams and visions and, and what God does is that always is to keep us from sin. It's to keep us from something that is going to come between you and God. That's what he always does. If we have, a, like I said, a dream that promotes something that's not of God. God is telling me to divorce my wife. I don't think that's the right dream, brother. God is telling me that I need to do this and knew that. And it, it, it is blatantly opposed to the written word of God. That is not God telling you that. And so, but this heart of repentance is what I just can't get away from. That God is always calling us to be closer to him. We got to develop and keep a heart of repentance before the Lord. Repentance isn't an act, it's a lifestyle. It's something that we need to do. We're, we're wanting to hear from God, but let me tell you something, we're never going to hear from God if we have sin and things in our lives that are coming between us and God. God's not going to hear us. We want revival to happen in our nation, but I'm telling you what, the Bible says it's not going to happen. If my people who are called by my name, right? You know the scripture. You probably got t-shirts. We got t-shirts made with it. But it, revival won't come unless we humble ourselves and pray and turn from our wicked ways and seek his face. You got to turn from our wicked ways. We got to get that out of our life. And so God will always warn us from it. God said, well, people say, well, I just want to see a miracle, and then I'll quit. Listen, if the word of God won't move you to repentance, a miracle won't move you to repentance. You can see a miracle of God, and it won't move you to repentance. If the word of God won't be enough to shake us to repent, then it's, it won't be anything else. The rich man that went to hell, Jesus told that parable, and he said, I've got five brothers, oh God. Let me go back and warn them. And Abraham said, if, even if one rises from the dead and preaches to his brothers, they won't believe him, but let him hear Moses and the prophets. Powerful. What Jesus was saying is that heaven and earth will pass away, but my word shall never pass away. It's his word that we got to believe and receive. You got to get clean, man. We got to get right with God. God will, will speak his word. And I believe when he gives you a dream like he did Abimelech and other people in the Bible to 
to drive them away from sin. There's 21 dreams in the Bible, and every single one of them God uses to bring them closer to him and his purposes. The Bible says this in James, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Another very familiar scripture. But look what he says. You draw near to God. You choose to draw near to God. I choose it. You choose it. David wrote in Psalm, I have chosen your path. I have chosen your path. You're going to see people get baptized next Sunday. And we give them these shirts that says, I have decided. Why? Because it's your decision. You are as close to God. We are as close to God as we choose to be. If we would just get this repentance thing in our heart, Lord, if we, we would just, we would see revival. You would hear from God clearly when he spoke to us. We would have that open heaven. It's not walking in perfection, but it's walking in repentance. That's what, that's what we got to get to, church. And it's not about walking in perfection, but it's about walking in repentance. That's what Psalm 51 is there. Because David wasn't perfect, but David heard from God regularly. Why? Because he was a man that understood repentance. He was a, a man that when he, he messed up, he was quick to repent and learned how to have repentance in his life. I remember years ago, I was a youth pastor, and I had a leadership team on my youth uh, staff, and they were always high school, young adults, and what happened was kids would graduate from our high school and they loved the youth ministry and they'd want, want to hang around and so I'd have to give them a job. So I put them on staff as youth leaders and they helped to chaperones and stuff. Some of them, they just weren't cut out for it. God bless you, move on, amen. Others that were there, they had a heart for it and, and things, but I, I just was remembering this. I was talking with Linda about this and she remembers. I remember God gave me a dream and uh, three of these boys on the team were, uh, they were, they were there. Uh, one in particular, he had, a, he had a real heart for God. The other two kept me praying. Uh, there was one in particular that just, uh, I don't even know, man, and it's a sad story, and many of you knew these kids and students and, and, uh, in our youth group. And I had this dream, and they were all three in my front yard in this dream, and they were doing something they shouldn't be doing. And one of them was trying to hide it in my front grass. He was putting it in the dirt, and the other two just laid down and in my dream, that's what I saw. And so I got up and I prayed about it and I said, Lord, that's an odd dream, you know. And I did notice that these three were, were drifting in their worship. They weren't worshiping God. Uh, I had this Bible thing that we would do. They, they weren't doing it, you know. And uh, they were graduated. So, you know, when I talked to them and I called them to the side and I was like, hey, man, what's going on? I noticed this and this and this. And I didn't say nothing about my dream. And they're just, oh, I've just been busy, you know. It's summer and we're trying to plan a college and we're doing this. I got this, you know. And and one of them was uh, in, in a relationship, and, and so that was going on. And I began to just tell them, I said, well, listen, guys, I had this crazy dream, man. And, and, uh, and I, as I began to tell this dream, their heads just dropped. And I began to, and I didn't even finish it. And one of them spoke up and said, Pastor Reddy, we're so far from God. He said, we've been doing this, and that's why the dream was in my front yard. It was right in front of me. And they've been doing this for on and on and on. And he said, the whole time I was doing that, I was convicted by God. And I knew it was wrong, but we've been doing it. And, and, and he just began to weep and he began to break. And then the other one began to say, yeah, I, I kind of did too. And you know, I know God don't want me to do that. But the other one was like, I didn't do nothing wrong. I, I didn't do nothing. He was the one that was burying it in the dirt in my dream. I didn't say nothing. I didn't call names. I just listened to him. And I began to teach them about repentance. I said, listen, guys. Ain't nobody, ser ain't nobody perfect, but let me teach you about repentance. If you're going to get in the leadership, if you're just going to be a Christian, you've got to learn how to repent. If you get saved the right way, you'll live the right way. 
And you got to learn how that repentance isn't just saying, God, forgive me, and you go on. Repentance isn't even crying. Repentance is changing. Repentance is saying, God, forgive me for what I have done because it's come between me and you. It's interrupted our life, and I love you, and you paid a high price for my sin. And this thing is interrupted. It's coming between me and you, oh God. As David said in Psalm 51, renew a right spirit within me, oh God. Take not your spirit from me. And I had him study it, and I had him read it, and I had him pray. I'll never forget that one. He never even read it, and fast forward his life. And that guy was one of the most saddest stories to this day. He's away from God and caused devastation to his family. He got married, and it just, just because he would not learn what I'm telling you today, we've got to learn humility and repentance before God. I know this is old-fashioned preaching, but this is how you're going to hear from God. This is how we will be able to hear in heaven, open heaven from God. When we repent before God and not be perfect, but walk in repentance. When the Spirit of God quickens our heart, we're quick to say, Oh, God, cleanse in me. Forgive me, Lord. I was talking with a young man this, earlier this past week who was a part of a ministry where leadership, you know, is doing something and saw a leader fall. We got a lot of people talking about that. Leaders are falling. Oh my gosh. Leaders have been falling since the Bible. We just got social media, so you see more of it now. But I'm telling you, they've been falling. What about Judas? Do you know Judas preached the gospel and Judas also baptized people? Imagine being baptized by Judas. How would you feel if you found out the guy that baptized you and the guy that preached the gospel to you is the one that betrayed Christ and got him on the cross? You might have had a leader that have, has fallen before you. And I'm telling you, if that river has dried up, don't quit going to the source of living water. You still keep going after God. On Jesus Christ, I have built my hope on, G, on Christ alone, on his blood and his righteousness. He is my cornerstone. Come on, as that old song says. No matter what has happened, we got to build our faith on Jesus. And you got to keep that repentant heart. We keep talk about, I hear people about deconstructing their faith and things like that. And although, you know, we got a generation of people that are deconstructing their faith. And I'm, I, my question is, I've seen some of these folks, and I wonder if they are deconstructing their faith because they never allowed their faith to deconstruct them. Think about that. And that's where the repentance comes. I know we're talking about dreams and visions. This is a part of it. It's more important to be able to hear from God. And it comes with getting to the place where we're like, Lord Jesus, I turn away from this thing, whatever it is. I, forgive me for, for treating my spouse this way. It don't even have to be one of these big sins, you know. We got these big sins in church, and then we got these struggles. Listen. God gives dreams and visions. He gives his word. He gives his pro these things to turn man from his deeds and to turn him back to him. It's, it's his grace and mercy that he's saying, hey, come, follow me. Get this out of your life and be able to hear from me. Hallelujah. When we repent, let me tell you something before we move on. When we repent, there, there's, there's two things that happens when we repent. Number one, that sin will lose its hold on you. Did you hear me? That addiction, that sin, that thing that you hate going back to, that thing that just drives you crazy, that you really wish you could quit, and you try going to this counselor and that counseling, or try this medicine, or you try this and you try that because you, you, you are tired of it. I, I, I told Melinda, we, we went down and uh, 
got to go to a Tigers game Friday night. It was fun. I haven't been down there all year, but it was, uh, it was a great time. It was also old school hip-hop night. Okay. So we come back all night. talk. Anyway, Lord Jesus, help me stay. But there was some partying and stuff going on down there, and we were talking, and I was like, honey, you remember those days, and remember how when we would be caught up into that lifestyle, and I remember being in that cycle of not, not being happy even in that cycle, uh, but couldn't get out of it. You don't know how bad it is when you're in that cycle. I mean, there's times you want to quit. There's times you want to get out of it. But then there's another party. There's another reason to party. And so you're, you're trapped in this cycle. Even though you're not happy all the way, you're in that cycle. Let me just tell you something. You don't know how bad you were until you come completely out of it. Hear me. Come completely out of it and you surrender to God and experience in the goodness of God. Start experiencing the fact that you don't need a lot of this stuff to have a good time. Then you are able, the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord, he is good. You've got to taste, that's experience. That, then you can see, that's vision. You've got to experience and have a new vision in the goodness of God for you to walk away from that, to really know how bad that life is. And that's the hardest part about getting folks to do that. But when you repent before God, oh God, forgive me for the sin, whatever it is. Forgive me for lying. Forgive me for lying. We're so good at covering up our sin, aren't we? We got it all covered up. It ain't my cocaine in the White House. You kidding me, dude? You can't, I mean, it's like committing a crime on a football field. They got cameras. They can see if that football touches the ground, a blade, if it touches the blade of grass from 100 yards away. They got cameras. In the White House, just, we just love to just hide our... It's no big deal. It's in our culture, church. It's, 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 it's okay to laugh. They call it capping now. You can cap. It's all you, I mean, it's a, this new name. You can rename it. You can dress it up, put lipstick on it, but a pig is still a pig. Somebody said, I don't know. You, you, you can call it up. You can say it ain't no big deal. It, you know, it's just my little pet peeve. As Pastor Steve says, you can even get comfortable sitting right before your miracle and name it and say, this is my problem, and we all got a problem, and we put it on Instagram, put a filter. Here's my problem, what's your problem? God says, no, bring it to me. Bring it to me. I want to take it away from you. Jesus died to take it away. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. He died on the cross to take it away. So the two things that repentance does is when we repent, when we really get serious and say, God, Forgive me of my sins. I'm turning it to you. I'm going to quit. I don't want to do this anymore. It's eating me up. It will lose its hold. Listen to me. It'll lose. I don't care if it's gambling. I don't care what it is in your life that's causing destruction and opening up a door to your life. You repent of it. It will lose its hold. You'll watch how easy you're able to walk away from it. The power of sin is broken through the blood of Jesus Christ. The second thing repentance does in your life is it will ignite a fire like you've never had. I'm telling you, it will ignite. The Bible talks about a highway of holiness. 
You can go through the city when you're walking with Jesus and through the stoplight, stoplight, stop sign, red light, and you can, you're on a journey, you're learning about Jesus, but you're on a struggle bus, you're this and that. Let me tell you, and many people serve God and it takes you years and no condemnation, you're at least on the right road. But the scripture talks about a way that you can just over, override. You can make people's heads spin that's been in the church for 20 years and God is downloading dreams and visions and words jumping off the book and you're opening up doors for ministry. Why? You're on that highway of holiness you got rid to throw aside every weight and sin that so easily entangles you and run your race with a pure heart and a clear conscience. Make a sense to anybody? I thought he was talking about dreams and visions. I am. There's a purpose for everything God does, and here it is. It's, it's to bring us closer to him. It's to get us to be honest with him. Hallelujah. Moving into the second point of Job, he's telling us about this. He tells us in verse 17, and he keeps them from pride. This kind of goes along with everything I've been saying up to this point. And dreams and visions often reveal ourselves to ourselves. That's what he means by dreams and visions. Uh, he says, we'll conceal pride. Man, there's a pride. Listen, is a, a lot of times we like to tell our dreams and visions or, or revelations. And, and like Paul said, many even preach the gospel for the wrong motives. You know, sometimes we can try to say things to impress our friends and think we're on another level. And don't do that. Joseph did that. Joseph went and bragged and blabbed his dream, and it got him, his whole family turned on him because his character wasn't ready for that yet. But God used even that to prepare him for his dream. So when God speaks to your heart, we don't need to go blabbing. We need to give him the glory. But here's the thing. Dreams and visions often, I begin to think about this, they will reveal to us. Many times in your dreams, you will see yourself uh, in a different light and see yourself different than what you, you may think you are. We, it's called idealism. Melinda and I do a lot of marriage counseling, and we use this uh, assessment called Prepare and Enrich, and it, it's awesome. It's one of the first steps it, it does is it uh, attacks idealism, where we have an unrealistic image of how we are and how our marriages are or how we are, and it's the whole point of it is to show us reality because many of us think there's nothing wrong right and 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 we're, we're doing just fine it's the same way with our relationship with God if we don't know we're broken we won't let God fix us and so sometimes God will use a dream and I believe that's what he's saying here that dreams and visions are are used in many ways to reveal ourselves to ourselves Nebuchadnezzar had a dream about pride and Daniel tried to warn him in Daniel chapter 4, he came and he said, there's 12 months, and he had this dream about a tree, and the tree was chopped down, and Daniel prayed, and he says, you've been lifted up in pride. You walk around in pride, and God has given you time to repent, and if you don't repent, he's going to chop that tree down. Remember that? It's in Daniel chapter 4, and if you have it on the screen, just look at what he said. He didn't listen to Daniel. He wouldn't listen to what God was trying to show him about himself, and it says 12 months later, as the king was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon, he said, Is not this the great Babylon that I have built? As the royal residence by my mighty power and for the glory of my majesty. Hasn't my work of my hands bought these cars in this nice home? And look at what I have done. And he doesn't acknowledge God anywhere, anywhere. It's all about what I have done. And, 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 and he's being lifted up in pride. And so God gave him that dream because he was being gracious and merciful. He was trying to tell him, 
You wouldn't have nothing if it wasn't for me. Jesus said, without him, we can do nothing. So you got to learn. I've learned to acknowledge God in all my ways. If I hit a green light all the way to 94, I'm going to give God the glory for it. All the way to, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, You just learn to give God glory. You get that parking place at Walmart. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Give him the glory. Get in the habit because whenever we don't give God glory, right? I've, I've said this before, it turns into pride. It, it just does. Yeah, God used you to work hard. You got to work hard. Hallelujah. But it's God's hand. And the Bible says, while the words were still in his mouth. Go to that next slide. Even as the words were on his lips, a voice came from heaven and said, This is decreed for you, King Nebuchadnezzar. Your royal authority has been taken from you. Scripture says, while he was still bragging, look at all what I have done. A voice from heaven came and said, everything you have will be taken. You'll be driven out and living in the woods. And if you read the story, he became mad, lost his mind for a time and a season where he began to become like an animal. And it wasn't until he repented. I got this repentance thing in my heart today, guys. To just walk before God humbly and pray. And God began to turn his life around. He reveals himself to us. He reveals himself to us. Isaiah 6, another one. He saw the Lord high and lifted up. He had a vision and he saw the Lord high and lifted up. And what did he say? He said, woe is me for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips for my eyes have seen the Lord of hosts. Why? His vision that he had of God revealed himself. When you get into the presence of God, when you are really into the presence of God, whether it's a dream or a vision or worship or your quiet time, God will reveal us to ourselves. And it's a good thing. It'll humble you, but it's a good thing. And it's the, that's the, one of the best ways you know that you're in the presence of God and that God is doing something in your life is when you begin to say, Lord, I need to repent. I need to get right with God. He was in the presence of God and he said, I am undone. We are, I think we are just losing this, this reverence and fear of the Lord in, in our culture and even in our church. It's so, like I said, the sin and the lies are just, it's just part of it. And it's okay, it's in a White House. We expect it to be in our society. But when it gets into the church and it gets into the pews and the chairs and we think it's okay, I'm listening to you. God is saying, I, and listen, draw near to me. Get that out of your life and come unto me with all of your heart. Hallelujah. And we begin to walk in that reverence with the Lord, and he begins to work in our life. And lastly, Job 33, 18, back to that, looking at it, he says he gives us instruction to, to warn, to take us, uh, turn us away from our deeds, to seal pride. And then lastly, he keeps back his souls from the pit and his life from perishing by the sword. One of the things that you know if God has given you a dream, given you a vision... He's giving you a word. He's showing you something. And if it's telling you that if you continue on this path, like he did Nebuchadnezzar, it's, he'll war, he can warn you from that. I've got many dreams that he's warned us. He's warned me about something, and you need to stop that. You need to do this. You need to do that. Look it up into the word of God. Always confirm it. Again, because God is always, he's like leading and guiding. Dreams and visions can warn us of harm. You see this in the birth of Christ. 
That's how he led Mary and Joseph all over the place, all the way to Egypt and, and all Bethlehem. And don't go there yet and go this. If you read it, it's dreams, it's dreams. He had a dream, an angel. He wasn't even going to marry his wife, Mary. And he had a dream, and the Lord said, marry her. She is telling the truth. I got her pregnant, not you. <laughs> how would you like that? Your wife comes home and says, God got me pregnant, honey. I think that'd be a serious problem. He was like, hey, I ain't that spiritual, neither are you. You know, hey. <laughs> and the Lord, seriously, he was going to put her away because they were, they were married, but they just didn't have the ceremony. That's what betrothed means. I mean, they, they were, it's, it's stronger than our engagement. When you get betrothed in the old Bible times, that you were married. The only thing you didn't do was live together and, and consummate. You didn't have the ceremony. But it was legally binding. You're married. And then she come up pregnant. But God guided her guided them and warned them and instructed them through the dreams and through the visions. He will reveal us as he did with Peter and the sheet came down and he revealed to Peter what he wanted to do in his plan. And Peter said, I'm not able to do that. I don't eat, you know, unclean animals. And God had to say, hey, man, yes, now it's time. to Remember that whole story? Well, the Lord had to do that three times. Why? He was revealing to Peter that he just wasn't where he thought he was. Sometimes God will show you that some of the traditions and things we've held on to and things that you come out of a religious background and we're ready to die on this hill because we were taught that. And the Lord says that has nothing to do with winning souls. That has nothing to do with preaching the gospel. That has nothing to do with the mission that I've given you. So much that, I, that we learn from dreams and visions. Why? Because we live, we have a living relationship with God. He speaks to us and he speaks to us in these ways. And you can say, man, is that just me or is that God? I'm telling you, it's of, of the Lord that lines up with Scripture. But he could warn us of, of physical harm. There's also spiritual harm that God can show us from. I had a friend, and I'll start to close with this. I'm going to have time for prayer. Said I start to close. Amen. I had a friend that was serving the Lord, and he was with me in, uh, in, in the early days, been 20 years ago or so, and he would serve the Lord with me about six or eight months, and then it's just like he fell off. It just it was like a routine. It was every time. I mean, I'd go get him and pray with him and, you know, and this and that, and got him into, you know, all these problems and trying to get him through, and he kept just going six or eight months, and it was just with this thing with him. It's like he wouldn't serve God in the summer. Summertime came, he'd lose his mind. And it was like and he, when he was in church, he was in church highlighting, taking notes. He was going every, we had Sunday night, Sunday morning. He was going everything. But six or eight months, he disappeared. I said, what is going on with him? And the Lord gave me a dream. And, and uh, we were in our old neighborhood. And it was real dark out. And I remember it's a long dream. But I came to his house. And he opened the door. And his, his whole floor had holes in it. And I remember as he was walking, he's walking. He's falling through the floor up to his knees. He's a big guy anyway, and, and he's just act like nothing's happening. I come on in, and I'm like, I don't think so. And, and, and he's going, oh, everything's fine. And he's going, look at the windows and look at the roof. And I said, look at your floor. Your floor, your foundation is all messed up. It's got holes in it, and it's, you can't build. This house is not safe. You need to get out of it. And I woke up, and the Lord, and I began to talk with him, and he, he began to reveal. He says, you know, when I first got saved, I was taught that you can do anything you want. And, and still make it into heaven. I, I, I was taught that, that grace just covers you and unconditional eternal security, this whole, this whole doctrine, which we don't talk about doctrine no more. 
in churches. We're silent. We just want, we want to preach this and preach that. But I'm telling you, the scripture warns about that. And I told him, I said, that's the problem. Jesus said, if you abide in me, then you shall live. If you don't, you will wither and you will die. And so you've gotten yourself into this cycle where you're not following the Lord because you've been taught this erroneous teaching that is causing your whole foundation. You can't build on that because you think it's okay to go and live this kind of life and it's not pleasing unto the Lord. Oh. You want God to speak to you? It won't always be, you know, sunshine and roses. Sometimes it's like, hey, let me teach you about this. Let me show you that. I remember we got down and we prayed, and he had a relative in his family who was a pastor who come against him in that doctrine, and they sat, and we sat down and had a good conversation. Did a little sword fighting. And I was like, hey, I'm not going to argue with you. This is the word of God, and this is that you believe what you want, and we walked away, but he began to flourish after that because God can warn us through dreams and visions. Yeah, absolutely, but this whole thing is to be drawn closer to the Lord. You may not be a dreamer, you may not have any visions, but man, you're hearing stuff on YouTube, man. That's like the thing today in these podcasts, and there's just so much information that is just right there. That is just right there at our at our at our just at our finger and this information. And it's causing us to become so so stagnant, some of us, and so distracted and so weighed down and confused. You don't even know what we believe anymore. I'm telling you, it's time to stop that. Put that down to the side. Get alone with the Lord and open your Bible and say, God, what are you saying to me? What are you saying, Almighty God? If I'm your per, if I am you, speak to me. If I belong to you, then speak to my life and speak to my heart. We got to get back to the Word. We got to get back to prayer, spending time in Him, in, in His presence. I know this sounds like old-fashioned preaching and teaching today, but I think we need this. I think we need this because we can drift away from the Lord. We can drift faster than you think. We could be in church and we can even drift away if we're not, not following him with a whole heart, with having a repentant heart, a heart that says, God, if I've sinned, and I have a scripture there where, David, you can put that one up. I'll end with that one. Closing number two. David said, search me, O Lord, thoroughly. Search me, O Lord, thoroughly and find this is the amplified, and point out, the NIV says, I studied this in all these different translations, I love what he's saying, and point out anything that is wicked in me or causes hurt or causes pain. Lead me away from that, oh God. Draw me closer. What's he saying? He says, God, put a spotlight on my heart. You want to use a dream? Fine. You want to use a vision? You want to use your word, worship song? You can speak through anything. You can speak through, you've spoken through a donkey. Speak to me, O oh Lord, and just tell me if there's anything that is hindering me from hearing from you. We're ramping up into a political year, church. Let me, we're going to find out. Oh, my Lord, here we go again. Listen, we belong to a kingdom. We are citizens of the kingdom. We vote, we pray, but listen, it's, we are citizens of the kingdom. And you know who fights our battles? As the, Jesus taught in the, prayer, in the persistent widow, she brought her case to the judge and said, God, I'll bring this case to you. You fight him. And the Lord says he is the righteous judge. He will determine. He determines the king's hearts. He will do what he's going to do. We are here to, to pray and to, and to stand for righteousness in the kingdom of God as citizens of the kingdom. Don't allow the enemy start dividing and pulling you over here and pulling you over there. Hallelujah. More to come on that, Lord Jesus.
And we just, um, I don't know, I just got it in my heart. This past week, I've had some conversations with some people and with some folks uh, outside of our church and out of the area. And I know there's many that watched. They, they were going to a church in Florida. And I don't know what it is with Florida. I'm praying for a good church. And my nephew finally found a good church in Florida. But I know there's, there's a lot of crazy stuff happening all over the place. And uh, it's been happening, but social media just makes it look like it's happening more and more. But the Bible does teach there's a great falling away. Listen, now's the time that we draw closer to God than ever before. That's all that means. That's all that means. I believe the return of the Lord is upon us. I really do. I believe that. I believe we're entering into those end times that we read about. And you just got to stay close to the Lord. He's not looking for perfection. We're not walking in perfection. We're walking in repentance. That's when the Holy Spirit checks us in our heart. We need to get right with God. That's what he put in my heart, man. I was praying for you guys. I pray for you every Friday. I, I get that membership list out. I pray over you. I pray for everybody, every seat in this place. We walk through this church and this gym. I love praying, walk around this track, pray for you, pray for you on online. I believe we're, we're entering into a season that we haven't been to in a long time. I'm talking about nation, nationally. Uh, there's things that are just happening. And I know we're busy, we're summer, but if you pay attention to the spiritual climate that's happening, I believe the principalities and powers and all this stuff that Paul writes about is increasing. Now is the time, here's my point, now is the time to draw near to God like never before. Those of you that know what I'm talking about, amen, and, and you know exactly where I am, just keep it up. Let me encourage you, keep it up. Keep going because people are watching you. People are watching you. Your, your family, they're watching you, seeing how you're going to react to what's going on in our culture. Stand firm. Stand firm. Keep well, I know it's hard carrying that cross sometimes. I know young people, it's hard sometimes. You feel like you're the only person living for God. I remember being a youth pastor. You feel like you're all alone, but I'm telling you, you're not. God has a remnant, and some of you saw it at camp. There is a remnant of God's people who are standing for truth, who are carrying their cross, who are living holy and pure before God. He, you can do it. He's wanting you. He's calling us to do it in Jesus' name. Can we just stand to our feet uh, in this place today? As we just close this service, hallelujah. You're going to see next week when life challenges here, the testimonies of people that have been in substance abuse. And let me encourage you, if you've got family or neighbors or somebody that's been struggling with any kind of habit, bring them next Sunday. You, they want to see you, they're going to want to see life challenge and hear their testimonies. And then afterward, we're going to have a picnic. We even got chairs if you don't have a lawn chair. I don't want nothing to keep you from coming. We got tents for the shade, everything. It's going to be, I love worshiping outdoors anyway. I love worshiping outside. It's going to be a great service. But that life challenge ministry is going to be powerful. Bring somebody that you know that may be struggling with something. They may hear a testimony. It may be something that they get in a conversation during the fellowship. And God uses it to draw them closer to him. Amen. Man, let's just bow our heads right now. Lord, we just thank you for your word. Father, whether we have dreams or visions, the point is this. Your desire is for us to be with you. To us, so that we would draw near unto you. And you promised that you would respond and draw near unto us. I felt in my heart last night praying for you while your heads are, are bowed, your eyes are closed. and Some of you may be weary uh, spiritually and, and 
Maybe you're one of those ones that you've had a, a leader or somebody. I know we got them watching online, and, and it's just discouraged you. And you feel like, man, I feel like I'm the only one. I feel like I've been doing this for so long, and God hasn't answered my prayer. And I thought, I thought he would answer my prayer. You know, David did that one time. God didn't answer his prayer the way he thought. Actually, a couple of times that happened to King David. He brought the ark in, and a guy named Uzziah, Uzziah touched the, the ark, and he died, and David was offended at God. I mean, a few times that's happened in his life when God didn't answer the prayer that he thought. He got discouraged, and the Bible says he went home for three months and wouldn't worship. Three months, he just said, I'm done. Then he saw the blessing of the Lord on Obed-Edom's house. And he goes, wait a minute, I, I may change my mind. I, I, he began to remember how good it is to serve the Lord. And it was the goodness of God that drew him back. And I just want to encourage you today, if you're dealing with discouragement on any level, that God has, eye has not seen, nor ear has heard, nor has it entered into the hearts of man of what he has prepared for you. That it's not over yet. That he still has a plan for your life. That he's still good. Don't give up. Don't draw away. I just want to, we're going to sing a worship song, and I want to open up these altars. And if you need prayer, you are feeling discouraged. If you've got something in your life you just need to get rid of and repent before God, I don't know how to end this altar call. All the above, these altars are open. Come on, we packed them out for healing yesterday what, or last week. What about spiritual closeness? Are, are you drifting and you need to just get close to the Lord? I know it's summer. And we're busy, but come, come to the altar today. Come to the river. Get out of your seat. Come closer if you need a touch from the Lord and spend some time in his presence. I'm going to ask our altar team to come forward. They're here to help you pray. But come on, let's just end with worshiping together. Has the Lord been revealing something to you in your life? Now's the time to respond. Come on up. Pray. Get between. Get before you and your Lord. Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Life, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence, his promises, and all people, and you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.